Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. It is Wolf and Luke on a Tuesday morning. Wolf, it feels like, um, I don't want to say a distant memory, but it feels like it was a little while ago, and I would prefer to keep it that way, when everything about the Suns seemed to be a conversation about officiating, right? And it was yes. like a week and a half ago, basically. That was that was kind of the low points of this, uh, this second half of this season, where KD was still hurt, and they were losing games, and they were playing the Lakers, and Austin Reeves is shooting a ton of free throws, and the Lakers are attempting 46 free throws, and the Suns are attempting 20, and Monty Williams is talking about it after every game, and Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and they're being asked about it, but it was, it was obviously a, a point of contention to the point where Monty Williams ultimately got fined, and James Jones on Burns and Gamble was like, we need this is we need yes. to stop talking about. We need to focus on what we can control, which is how we can uh, potentially. And I love that too. Remember at the time I said that it was great that James Jones was doing that, pointing it out. He did not give the players an outdoor. He did not. He did not give them an exit. So this quote from Kevin Durant. I think at least for this version of this story, puts a pretty nice bow on it. He was on the radio broadcast after the game on Sunday. And they asked him, among other things, okay, what's the one thing you guys could be better at now that we're kind of getting a sense of what the Suns are with KD in there and the, and the lineup around them? The fouling. The fouling, I think we can't, we, uh, we could complain about the rest, but a lot of those were fouls. Uh, so we can't reach down when we got guys in good position, good defense, and then offensive rebounding. We'll play, we'll get a good stop and, you know, they'll get an offensive a rebound and they'll come out and hit a three or get a layup. So we got to eliminate that stuff if we want to be a championship team. And, uh, so, But we're conscious of it and we just got to get better. Leadership. That's what that is right there. He wasn't supposed to be a leader, remember? That is, yeah, that is leadership. Once again, how wrong can one human being be about another? That was me on Kevin Durant. Well, it wasn't you that said he wasn't a leader. That was no, no, no. I'm yeah. just saying, though, in in regard to his person and everything about him and the drama and, and listening to him, the humility of Kevin Durant. We all kind of thought we knew who he was when he was with Golden State. Of course, I think we all kind of felt like we had an idea. But just listening to him and the the humility that he speaks with about himself, it's its a frying pan to my face, frankly. It truly is. And I'm so glad that Kevin Durant is here. That is leadership, what he just said. He could have tried to somehow, some way, justify their complaint against the officials. He didn't do that. Didn't give him an out. Didn't and do that. There's a couple things. When you, when you superimpose that on top of what James Jones said a couple weeks ago, a, James Jones saying it and not giving his guys an out is powerful. It's not as powerful as a player on the team saying it. And if you listen to that answer, it's not like KD was like, oh, what could we work on? Hmm, I don't know. And then he kind of had to come up with an answer. He had fouling queued up and ready to go. He didn't try to justify any of it. Which would lead me to believe that's been talked about among players in that locker room. And the biggest thing, Kevin Durant, and I know, I get it, Damian Lee's won a championship. I get it. Kevin Durant 
has won two championships. He's been the finals MVP on those two teams, and he's playing a ton of minutes right now. So not to minimize Damian Lee, and I'm sure as the, as the playoffs go, he can he can give guys some sure. insight because nobody else on this team's won a title before. But when the guy who has two NBA Finals rings and he was NBA Finals MVP both times stands up in the locker room and says, this is what championship teams do. They don't let officiating get in their head. Right. You have to listen. There's no choice. Yeah. You know, and again, one of the things I'd love to see the Suns really improve, we were talking about this before the show, and, you know, for me, defense is what I'd love to see them improve, but I think that's exactly what KD's talking about. More specifically, he's talking about fouling. On defense, yeah, because he also right? didn't. He didn't talk about we're getting fouled. He didn't even. He just said, "Yes, well, we can." And that goes back to James Jones a couple weeks ago. We can't control if if the officials are going to call when Devin Booker gets hit in the face. We can't control it. Correct. But you can control not fouling them as much when you're playing defense. They also asked KD how he thinks things are going defensively for the team. Yeah, that's the most important thing. If we all on one string on the defensive side of the ball, we're speaking up and playing with extreme effort, then we can make up for a lot of our mistakes. You can't play a perfect defensive game, but if you play with effort and energy, um, you can make up for some of those bad plays. <laughs> if you play with effort and energy, you can make up for some of those bad plays. Like, oh, I don't know, following SGA into what was going to be an obvious dunk and you, you blocked it. You, 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 oh my gosh, this guy, once again, you know what? He, this is, this is exactly what needs to be said inside that locker room. It fills me with an awful lot of hope and anticipation for what we might see. Because once again, when your best player or one of your best players, because we know obviously Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, those two guys right there fighting for who's going to be the best, Kevin or Devin. We play that play game Kevin or Devin for the soon. most we part. Play today. Um, you know, when you get guys like that walking around and modeling what it is that you believe and what it is that you have to do, that's the kind of culture that lasts. That's the kind of culture that will win a championship. You need to say it. You need to think it. You need to say it. Then you need to do it. And that's what KD, I think, is imploring his teammates well, to do. You can almost boil down what he just said right there. And this is one example. But you can basically boil it down to don't turn the ball over. But you're going to turn it over sometimes. So if you do, just go take it back. I mean, that was the SGA play, right? Mm-hmm. Suns turn the ball yeah. over. Okay, he's going in. This is going to be a clip. Now Kevin Durant's just going to block it. He's going to block one of the best players in basketball from behind and make sure Oklahoma City doesn't get back into the game. Uh, he talked about the uh, the rhythm the team is in offensively right now. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's about reps. That's what yeah. about, you know, this game is always about reps and getting the most you can out yourself and your team. And So every time we get a chance to get on the floor, whether it's in practice, shoot around, or a game, we want to take advantage of those opportunities. There it is. You know what? We're going to go ahead. We're going to practice. We're going to do that really hard. Whether it's in a practice or a game, we're going to take advantage of those opportunities. We're going to rep it out. Um, you know what? We hear about his work, ethic, his work ethic as well and the effort that he gives in practice. How many guys? Where's DA? Do we have the DA cut once again of him talking about KD and how KD was practicing so hard? Depending what you believe, that was at the center of his trade request from Brooklyn, remember? When he when he ultimately said he would stay in Brooklyn, but he was talking about why he had put the first trade request out back in the summer was that they weren't being challenged enough at practice and just doing stuff like that. I mean that was and I don't know if he yeah. was looking directly at Ben Simmons as he said it, but that that was at the heart of his initial trade request. Now when I'm really speechless to be honest. We got Katie. 
think that's um, <laughs> that's what I ask myself all the time. The only thing I can do is possibly just make sure I'm ready to play because he's going to come ready to play and do what he got to do every night. So me just making sure I'm an anchor on this team and, you know, just doing the right thing, doing the right things to contribute to a win. Yeah, it's before right. KD even played. Man, I love that right there. It really is. Um, that's what, what DA said then. And hopefully DA is going to continue to develop and get better because that's what I'd love to see. When we talk about defense, I'd love to see them get more physical on the defensive end of the floor and to cultivate that part of their game right now. Right now, they're, they're tied, I believe, with Philadelphia. Number seven. Don't hold me to this. But number seven. In the league, tied with the 76ers for defensive efficiency. Uh, this is, they can still develop and get better. It's the how that I want to see them get better at. It's not the what. They're good with their defensive efficiency right now. I want to see them get better with the how. And that, so much of that is DA being that anchor defensively in the paint. Did the Diamondbacks do enough this offseason to address their biggest problem from a year ago? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Sensing a subtle message from command and control today. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. It was a great finish last night. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on. Did you ever bounce anywhere? Did you ever work the door or anything like that? Did you ever bounce? Just here. Yeah. I work the door every time you open it and it has to be put back on its hinges. I used to bounce, ladies and gentlemen. In college, of course. Who didn't? You're on the football team. Go get a couple of piranhas, stick them at the door. That's what they did, basically. <laughs> Smart. Down by the river, as a matter of fact. Dr. John's down by the river. Don't go there. Is it still there? Um, we should do a show from there. You know what? Honestly, I, I don't even know if it's still there. Dr. John's was the name of it. Down by the river. You're going to end up <laughs> eating a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down by the river. It was it. That's right. And oh my goodness, every Friday night, here they come. The coal miners would come walking in with their flat boots and their scuffed up, ripped up knuckles. And you knew, oh boy, here we go. About 12.30, this is going to get real good. Was it in Morgantown? It was in Morgantown, uh, yeah. it's, it's online, but menu is not currently available, so I don't know what to make of that. Dr. John's, there we go, man, yeah. Uh, Why are we playing closing time? Well, because <laughs> the Diamondbacks are not closing out games. Again, here's Tori Lovello after... If you missed the game last night, really good back and forth. D-backs, Padres. Again, you're playing one of the best teams in baseball, in theory, at least most talented. Go to the ninth inning, tied at three. Evan Longoria steps up. Okay, You didn't make a ton of big off-season additions, and it makes sense because you're developing the young players you have, but you, you added Evan Longoria. He probably hits a solo home run, and you're up 4-3. And In fact, you had guys on first and third, and Gabriel Moreno grounded into a double play, maybe a chance to go up 5-3. Then you get to the bottom of the ninth, and you probably give up back-to-back home runs and lose. So, 
This is Tori Lovello after the game talking about how they felt going into the bottom of the ninth. No, we were in a really good spot. You know, we had, we had kind of sold out to certain matchups. It was working. Um, you know, we're up by a run with with McGuff coming in the game. I felt very good about it. Um, uh, that's that's the beauty of this game. It, it can it can change quickly. Just he made a couple mistakes without pitches, and and that was the difference in the game. Yeah, that was the difference in the game right there. And it brought back a lot of memories, did it not? Yeah, it brought it back a lot of memories. Yeah, last year and and not being able to close out games on a consistent basis last year. Um, it brought back an awful lot of bad memories, I would have to say, about last year. And you know what, too? Look at it. Again, they've played five games, ladies and gentlemen. Ron Wolfley reporting. The Diamondbacks are two and three. They've played five games that are going to be okay. Everybody remain calm. Um, it's one game. Yet at the same time, man, it just brings back so many memories from last year. You were talking about this earlier, and it's obvious to anybody that follows this team the problem in closing out games. There's two things that really worry me about this. I shouldn't say worry me, but you have to be on alert about this. One is because of everything that happened last season. But those games, ultimately, it's not... I, I know there are Diamondbacks fans, and there's actually probably some validity to this, so maybe maybe I don't want to go down this path. If you even just save like half those those blown saves from last year, you're a wild card contender even last year. Now, you know I'm sure a lot of teams can say, well, if this happened, if that happened, but that's, yeah. that's one thing. Right. Uh, but the second thing, Wolf, is this team this year... If you believe that they have a chance to make the playoffs or at least be in contention like I do, I feel like they can be there at the end of the season for a wild card spot. You believe it because you feel like they can manufacture runs and you know use your speed on the base paths and your defense and, and grind out a lot of wins. Well, grinding out a lot of wins means your bullpen's got to be strong. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a team that's going to win ten to two one night and then lose nine to three the next night. They don't. This is not. This is not the Toronto Blue Jays that has this like powerful lineup or whatever, but also has a lot of flaws too. This is a team that if they are five hundred forty games into the season, it's going to be a lot of three two, and then you lost four three, and then you won two to one, and so. You actually need a strong bullpen or a closer in particular more than a team like even the Yankees. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that, Luke. Um, once again, I also think of the other guys in the clubhouse right now. I think of the other guys that are in that Diamondback dugout that look around. If we're thinking, boy, this feels familiar, you know, there, yeah. there are guys, I'm sure, that are thinking the exact same thing. And yet, yes, they're, they're the guys who can always do something about it. And that definitely makes you feel better when you're a human being and you're out there and you're the one who's actually competing. You know you've got a chance to do something about it, to fix it yourself. So you you don't worry about it nearly as much as a lot of people that, oh, I don't know, make their living talking on the radio. And a lot of fans that actually buy tickets and go to these games and get all wrapped up in the season, of course. you you It bothers all of us a whole lot more then it will bother a guy that is in that dugout right now because, again, he can do something about it. Yeah. You're sitting here. You can't do anything about it, but talk about it, Luke. But there's... <laughs> I felt like a personal attack. There's a certain point, though, where if you are one of those guys in that, that clubhouse, and I'm not saying it's one game, but 
What happens if you get 90 games into the season, 120 games into the season, and this is a recurring problem, and you're like, hey, we're a game and a half out of a wild card spot, but we don't trust our pitchers in the ninth inning. Again, I'm not saying they're there. Scott no, McGuff was sure. good in his first game that he was in that role, but I'm just saying Diamondbacks fans, and, and to your point, I would imagine a lot of the guys on the team are probably pretty sensitive to this if it's going to keep happening, because here we are, Wolf. They haven't even played a home game yet, and they already have a blown save. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I don't, don't. And you're going to get a couple every season, but you don't need to be in that territory you were in last year. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking of the guys again, and they're much more resilient, of course. They really are, because failure is so much a part of the game of baseball, in particular in professional sports, when you compete as well. Failure is part of it right there. But I was talking to Steve Gilbert about this very thing when we had him on. For me, how important is the 25-30 games, the first 25 or 30 games of the Arizona Diamondbacks? How important do you think it is they get off to a good start? Especially with this team being as young as they are. You got a lot of young guys. Now, that's good and bad. It's good because you want to talk about resilient. You just don't know what you don't know. And that's what Steve Gilbert was actually talking about as well. Am I You're help? just going to go out there. Hey, listen, I'm trying to make my way as a Major League Baseball player. You know, you're going to be very resilient. Where some of the older guys, some of the veterans, like a Cattell Marte or Evan Longoria, you might look around and say, oh boy, you know what? We're 10 and 20. We're in trouble. I also think you kind of hit on this, though, when you were talking about how I personally can't do anything about it. And so it's frustrating for somebody like sure. me or the crowd. I mean, at a certain point, even if you're a player on the team, if your closers can't close out games, that that's where I think it really can damage a team. Again, not one game, but if you are Corbin Carroll, yeah, you can go up there and hit four home runs every game. But at a certain point, when you get into the ninth inning and your pitcher is just walking guys or serving up home runs, it's out of your hands, too. That's why baseball is like the one sport where... You kind of get yeah. put in the position of a fan at a certain point in that one area where if you if you just don't have a closer, it it puts your players on your team in a helpless position. It, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong on what you just said, Luke, but at the same time, I'm saying, um, see, we're overreacting to one game, and and maybe it's the five games where these guys are used to this, and you play 162 games, it's got to happen over blocks of the season. Uh, yeah, well, you might fair. be feeling that way, where we're just looking at what happened last night. We're looking at the first blown save of the year for the Diamondbacks, and we're thinking, oh, man, it's just like last year. They're not. Because every professional athlete knows you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, you're going to go out there, you're going to compete, and you're going to fail. It's going to happen. Sometimes you'll personally win, and sometimes you're going to fail. They have a lot of understanding for a guy like Scott McGuff, who goes out there and takes the ball. He tries as hard as he can, and guess what? It doesn't work. Especially in the game of baseball. Failure is part of it. It wasn't his fault what happened last year, but this is a team that had 41 bullpen losses last year. 41 bullpen wow. losses. It's uh, wow. not going to get it done this year. Wow. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. One NFL exec says this is a throwaway year for the Cardinals. you buy that? It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show, Wolf and Luke, on a Tuesday morning as we uh, flip back over to football and specifically the Arizona Cardinals. Let's throw a couple cuts out there to set this uh, story up for you, Wolf. First, here's Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show yesterday because there were those there was that talk. I don't even want to say it was a report, but there was talk that like teams were thinking, "Hey, maybe the Cardinals would just cut DeAndre Hopkins, right?" Yeah. Uh, so Ian Rappaport was talking about that on Pat McAfee's show yesterday. I would be surprised if DeAndre Hopkins was released. I've been surprised before, but based on what I know, I would be surprised mm. if he's He knows the he's, yeah, yeah, he's tied in there yeah. in Arizona. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we know that. Hey, it won't be released. Saying, rarely do very good players and his salary is seems fine like 17? still very yeah, good. It's not player. terrible. He still could be traded. We'll see what happens. He still could be traded. If he was traded, his salary would be adjusted. Potentially, if he's back, it could get adjusted. We'll see. Um, but I think that situation is still sorting itself out. Yeah, I totally agree right there. <laughs> I think that situation is going to work itself out at some point in time. He's too talented. He's just too good. He actually can make too much of a difference for a team like the Buffalo Bills. Push them over the top, especially with that receiving core they already have. You throw in D-Hop to that tree and that passing tree and that receiving core, you're going to have you're going to have lightning in a bottle. It's one of those things that, you know, we talked about it and then we talked about it on the show and then like a day later, you kind of think about it or whatever, a couple days later. When I first heard, OK, yeah, you know, maybe the maybe the Cardinals will just uh, maybe they'll just. They'll just release DeAndre Hopkins if they don't get the trade they wanted. It was like, yeah, okay, that would that would be really terrible. Like, <laughs> you want to you want to anger everybody? Go ahead and do that. But now that it's been like twenty four hours, Wolf, they can't do that. <laughs> I mean, they really can't do it. Like, how many times? Because what you just said, how many times do you see a player that is as good as DeAndre Hopkins is still borderline great? I would say, yeah. just get released. Yeah, like you just don't see that in their in their. Basically, I will grant you he's probably towards the end of his prime, but he's basically still in his prime. Yeah. He still put up ridiculous numbers last year on a team that struggled to move the ball, and he missed six games. Yesterday, who was talking about him getting released? Who was the—we actually played sound of that, Mel. Who was the person— Albert Breer. Albert Breer was the one who actually was talking about the possibility. There are some teams— I mean, some teams, Greg, think they're going to cut him. think the Cardinals are going to wind up cutting him. Oh, Uh, wow. His market, his market is not great right now. And even for teams like, say, like Kansas City, like Kansas City would need him to take a significant pay, pay, pay yeah, He'd have to be like, take the Smith Schuster deal from like right, a year ago. Right, right. So, like, I, I just, I don't, I clearly, there's nobody that was willing to take on the contract and pay the Cardinals' initial price. Exactly right. And uh, this is one of the reasons why I think Albert Breer actually did the Arizona Cardinals a favor. <laughs> I'm not saying he they put him up to doing it. I'm saying he actually, by saying that, just did Monty Ossenfort a big solid. He did. 
But, you know, going off of what you said yesterday, maybe maybe the Cardinals don't mind if that's out there. Maybe that's they've mentioned to a couple teams. He did him a solid right there by saying that. What if the Cardinals weren't the team that leaked that out there, though? What if teams just think, ah, we'll just wait the Cardinals out and then they'll have to cut him? Ha ha because they don't want him to, he's, he wants to, he doesn't want to practice and they want him, ah, we'll show the Cardinals. Like, first of all, I feel like the Cardinals right now, if I'm Monty Austin for it, I'm like, I got nothing to lose. I'll wait you out. You go ahead. Oh, yeah. Throw, throw oh, yeah. away a year of your Super Bowl window just to prove a point because you won't give up a third round pick That's exactly for a right. guy that'll win you a Super Bowl. What's Monty Austin Ford have to lose if this really is a full rebuild this year anyway, or even a partial rebuild? Now, Mike Sando has a story up on The Athletic, and it's not just the Cardinals that's going through um, you know, each team in the league and what they've done this offseason, okay? And he has a quote from an executive in here. He has, he has a few quotes. I'm just going to read you one. And this is Mike Sando, of course, that does this. This anonymous general manager or this anonymous NFL executive poll where he puts all these questions together and then he gets responses from them anonymously. How did each NFL team's free agency move stack up? Executives react to moves from all 32 teams. Now, this is not a grade of the Cardinals offseason. It's not that, but I want to read you this one quote. Uh, This is an unnamed executive. Quote, they have a new coach and a new GM who has never worked together and their super expensive quarterback is out. I don't want to say this is a throwaway year, but it's a throwaway year. Unquote. All right, well, yeah. that hurt. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's one NFL executive. Who knows who it is? For all we know right now, might be director of player personnel from the worst team in the league. Well, I'm coupling that with the email I got of the the betting odds of most to least likely to make the playoffs, and the Cardinals were 32nd. It just feels like everybody's... You get my uh, point, though. Yes, you no, get I my understand. point, once again. You know, honestly, there's there's one person that would strongly disagree with that. I think multiple people, but that person would be Jonathan Gannon. Uh, yeah, Who I would disagree so. with that. Yeah. This is there is no such thing as a throwaway year when you're in a rebuild, and this is what I think the Arizona Cardinals are in right now. And you know, just because you're in a rebuild, I was talking about this as well. It doesn't mean you can't actually get better. It doesn't mean you can't grow as a as a team. You think of Brian Dable and what he did with the New York Giants. In that rebuild right there. And that was a rebuild. Now, granted, the Giants have been rebuilding for the last five years. But you go and look at that situation where Brian Dable took over. Man, Daniel Jones, a lot of people were like, oh, you know what, this guy, he's not the answer. He is not. And Brian Dable made him the answer. They won more games than they lost. He references, Sando referenced that in the story, too. He said the Cardinals wouldn't be the first struggling team with new leadership to ride out their first season without significant upgrades. The New York Giants and Chicago Bears were quiet last offseason. The Giants outperformed expectations. The Bears emerged with the first pick in the draft. <laughs> so, and, and, that's the whole thing about, and that's the thing. That's what I was going to say about a rebuild, Basinonians. It doesn't mean that you can't actually win with a rebuild. You can. The odds say they're not good, that you're going to. say this because it has come up a few times in conversation off this show of, well, you know, maybe the Cardinals, if they're going to rebuild, maybe they get the first pick in next year. I don't want the first yeah, pick in next year's right. draft. I, I really don't. I don't want the second. I don't want the third. If you're not, if you don't need a quarterback 
What's the point of having the first pick? Now, if you had told me, like, behind the scenes, the Cardinals are done with Kyler Murray, and when he comes back and plays well, they're going to trade him. Well, okay, then, yeah, I would take the first pick, and I'd take Caleb Williams or whoever. Yeah. But as it stands right now on April 4th, I don't want the first pick in the draft. That, to me, is not part of this rebuild. No. We've got to stockpile more top five picks. Cool. You don't need to do that in the NFL unless you need a quarterback. Totally with you on that one right there, Luke. And for me, I, w- I want top three picks. That's what I want. When I say top three, I'm talking about... The first three rounds. I want top three picks. I want to collect them. And I think that's one of the things we're going to have to watch with Monty Austin for it right here. What he's going to be offered for that number three spot and who's going to offer it. Because the further down you go, the heap of draft picks and players you're going to get. Yeah, you go past four, you're not getting Will Anderson. Win lower level tickets for this Thursday's D-backs home opener against the Dodgers by texting BASEBALL to 620-620 for complete details and your chance to win. Again, text BASEBALL to 620-620 when we come back. Which supplemental piece on the Suns needs to step up in these last four games to solidify themselves in the playoff rotation? We'll get into that. We'll play a round of Kevin or Devin next as well. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. First things first, rest in peace, sucker fail. For real. All right, we got Suns Spurs tonight. I get my... San Antonio sitting on a fat 20-win season right now. Did you see, by the way, before, I mean, if we're going to talk about no. San Antonio, the Victor Wembanyama play? No. <laughs> anybody, I, I had no idea what you were going to say right there, but you I was already right said on no. that. Just yeah, what if no. I was like, did you see yeah, whatever right. that movie is that you always quote that I haven't seen, Silence of the Lambs? Yes, I, then you would have felt silly. Hilarious. Uh, Aaron, did you see the uh, Victor Wembanyama play? Nope. Oh, God. Okay, so he, he takes a three. Misses it and just dunks his own rebound out of the air. Oh wait a minute! I From the three, that. yeah, you did yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I did see that. That's Sorry. absurd. It's, you, know, you sit in front of the television as much as I do, the Matrix, as I call it, and the Wolfly Godbound. Yeah, you're going to see that. I'm, I'm, it, it, just to be clear, it was incredible. It's not like he shot it, the rebound got knocked around, he went and scooped the ball up off the ground and dunked it. No, he shot it, grabbed the rebound <laughs> out of the air, and dunked that. And everybody yes. else looked like they were actors on the court. They were just like, <laughs> hey, where did that guy come from? Anyway, so the Spurs are uh, playing the Suns tonight. The Suns with a chance to really potentially just lock up home court in the first round tonight if everything goes well. That, of course, means game day with K-Ray is coming up in a little bit, Wolf. We're also going to have Kellen Olsen on to talk about the potential uh, new CBA stuff, maybe an in-season tournament. But all of this also means it is time for a round of Kevin or Devin. It's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. All right, it is sweeping the nation. We are how many games in? Because we didn't play it on the on the uh, the Sunday game. We're just playing it when there's actually a game where yeah. Kevin and Devin are both playing. I believe Aaron has the standings. Do you have the standings? I do. Okay. So right now, Wolf is two and three. Ooh, Luke, thank you. you are a perfect five and zero. Oh. Uh, Jesse is three and two, and I'm two and three. All right, can't hear that perfect part enough. If you want to say that eight more times. Uh, all right, Wolf, you get to go first. The game is simple. Who's going to score more points tonight, yeah. Devin Booker or Kevin Durant? Okay. Um, 
Let's see. They're playing the San Antonio Spurs, correct? They are. Of course. Yes. Yeah, they are, ladies and gentlemen. I said that for a fact, of course. Um, that means that at some point in time, Kevin Durant is probably going to sit down sooner than Devin Booker. I know. This is a tough game so tonight. So I'm going to have to go with Devin. Devin is going to score more than Kevin. Boy, I really just want to ride the uh, the wave here with Kevin, but I think you're right. If this game gets out of hand, he's the one more likely to sit. You know what? I don't care, Wolf. Give me Kevin. Okay, Kevin. You don't care about your perfect five. I don't, and I don't care about logic. Mr. Perfect. I've got a buffer zone to, to okay. eat through if I miss a few games. Aaron? I'll go Kevin because you went Kevin and you're a perfect 5-0. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Rick? I feel like they both won't play very much. But I do think that Kevin will have slightly more points. All right. Okay, uh, there the, you the go. Rick's lack of confidence makes me want to not pick Kevin. So all of you pick Kevin. We all pick Kevin. And I picked Kevin. He's got 65 points in his last two games. Yeah, I know. Do I get anything from... I was thinking at some point in time, it's probably going to get a little sideways on the San Antonio you might be Spurs. Right. And actually, because of that, let's see, I've got a, a guy that is older. Um, I'm not going to call him old, but he's older. And, oh, by the way, he's got a history of getting banged up a little. Hey, Katie, you sit down. But don't you think D-Book would also sit down? I I do, but I think I would expect D-Book to have more minutes than KD tonight. Well, that's not the game, but I do think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, it's, well, look, I know that's not the game, but because he's going to play more minutes, I think we'll oh, score more if points. If anybody tuned in the last three seconds, I wanted to make sure they knew it was going on. This is good for you because with Devin and all of us taking Kevin, you have a chance to make up ground on all three of us <laughs> if you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Do I get anything for having KD's exact point total right on Friday when I said, what did he score about 30 when we played this game? No, on Friday, do I, I get anything? Said 35. I said 30. I, I remember it as 35. <laughs> that's, that's great, but that's not what I said. You could remember it as 75. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, great. It does matter to me. Okay, well, that's everyone else. Uh, so all living I'm in gonna, your universe. Okay, all I'm going to get is is misremembering from you. All right, so we've got three Kevin's I think and you a Devin. Misremembers three Kevin's and a Devin for tonight's game against the San Antonio Spurs. I don't know what we do if they uh, if they tie ever. Yeah, uh, we'll deal well, with that. It's a when we push, get there. right? I yeah, mean, that's I easy enough. I, I just I don't want to have to read like, oh, Wolf's two seventeen and one. Like well, I'd rather just two and seventeen for you. Or whatever yeah, okay, you're great. Be. Yeah, <laughs> you have two wins, right? Yeah, okay. it's still possible. Okay, I uh, just make sure we get it. You're, you're five and zero. Oh. Uh, yes, we understand. That's not even as important as you being two and three. Yes. I just want to be clear about that. Okay, I'm not the only one two and three. It's true, but to be fair to Erin, other people picked for her <laughs> and didn't do a great. Yeah, that's true. Service to her. That's right. For her. Somebody asked. Uh, all right. Who was that? Pixie? Was that Pixie? Yeah, that was Pixie. I okay. think she was tanking for Wembenyama with her pick. Okay, great. I think Austin came in and actually got you one right. Didn't you go like one and one when you were gone? Maybe I not. wouldn't know. I was gone. <laughs> that's, that's true. You really can't argue with that logic. She was on a different part of the continent. <laughs> yes. Um, on a rock in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Okay, great. We understand, Mal. Really, Aaron's We're the big Maui winner here. We're for three weeks. Think about the difference here. Okay, so I have five meaningless wins that you don't even remember that I got, and Aaron got to go to Maui for two yes. weeks. So I feel like I'm at best the runner-up in this scenario. What do you expect to see tonight? Can I ask you that quickly? What, what do you expect to see tonight? I, I 
I mean, I expect this is them a to game they should roll, right? Pretty quick, yeah. Would you expect them to go out and and play a lot of the starters at the beginning of the game, obviously, maybe in the first half, and then just roll? Yeah, this is one of those games, and there's not a lot of them, but when you get this late in the season, <laughs> I'm only half-joking when I say this. The Suns want to win tonight. Yeah. And the Spurs want the Suns to win tonight. You know what I mean? Like the players on the Spurs yes. are going to try. They don't want yes. they don't want <laughs> they don't want somebody to come in and take their job. But the Spurs organization would probably prefer the Suns won this game tonight. And the Suns obviously want to win the game because look what they're going for. So in that rare instance, I feel pretty confident that it's going to be pretty lopsided. You know, when you think about it, wouldn't Monty love at this point in time, and James Jones for that matter, wouldn't they love to see campaign play 35 36 37 minutes somewhere in that regard and have cp3 sit down you know play 20 minutes whatever it may be wouldn't you love to see a tj warren go out there and get a ton of reps wouldn't you love to see bismack biombo out there on the floor banging away and bringing a lot of the physicality instead of deandre ayton right now now we all want da to do it but i i think at this point again it's all about managing minutes but you still want to win these games you still want to do it this momentum going into the postseason i think is really really important for the suns but also how they play you just don't want them to go out and have to play starters minutes at 34 35 minutes you don't want that no you don't and now as i'm looking at this we really missed an opportunity back when they had Cam Johnson to play Cam or Cam, and no matter what, we would all win every time. Yeah, because we'd never that know who was right or not. Here's speaking of these last four games, Kevin uh, Durant talking about that today. Yeah, it's just more so about just getting good reps in and playing, uh, building our habits. You know, you uh, know, four games left and close to the playoffs. We want to keep getting better. I think it's real for us to keep going right now. So. Uh, we take these games and play the right way and go out there and try to do our thing. And the prospect of getting the four seed. Uh, we get home court the first round as the number four spot. Uh, I think that's pretty, that's always good to have that, that first game and that last game at your crib. So, uh, yes, yeah, it's playoffs, man. Everything happens. So, regardless of what seed you are, you still got to play the game. So, it don't matter. It just it really is. I feel like he just gave us the definition of what you get with the four seed. <laughs> get home court. Game seven would be here. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. <laughs> that was great right there. Yeah. At the crib. I love the yes. fact that he said it's not that, even home know. court, it's home crib. You know, it just it also too it it, it smacks of so much of what the NBA considers when you've got seven game series and the home court advantage and the away, of course, it just doesn't seem like people are, are breaking themselves to try to get that home court advantage the way that it's so important for other sports. I feel like it was really important for the Suns two years ago, and I think it varies team to team and also, I guess, obviously year to year because... Having Game 7 against Dallas here last year didn't matter at all. Uh, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.